Hello, welcome to the Midway Panther Public Podcast. My name is Chuck. My name is Chris. And my name is Carson. Okay, so we're, we're here today and we're going to tell you a little bit about ourselves for this podcast, all right? Right, Chris? Yes. Yeah. Yes, we are. We're going to be talking about ourselves and then we're going to be having a special guest. And we've sworn the special guest to secrecy. Mr. Gibson cannot tell anyone that he is on this podcast. Don't. He's not going to tell anyone that he is the special surprise guest. Exactly. Um, so I thought, you know, I thought we can go around and say a little bit more. Yeah. Right? Is that what we're doing? Yeah. 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 We can talk about ourselves. Oh, so yeah, my name is Krish. I'm a Midway senior. I'm originally from Chicago. And even before that, I'm from New Jersey. So I've traveled to a lot of places, a lot of people. And now I'm continuing my uh, the rest of my high school life doing this podcast. Um, I thought of doing this podcast because, you know, we get to know a lot more about each other. And we all met each other through STEM. I like engineering and physics. And I also love to build things. Uh, and I'm Carson Hodges. Uh, as some of you may know, I'm the student council president for the seniors, and through that I've gotten to know a lot of the senior class and even some of the junior, freshman, and sophomore classes too. And uh, I've also learned throughout my high school career, and even before that I guess, that I really love physics. It's just I could talk about it forever, but I won't because that would be a boring podcast for most of you. So uh, really I'm here on this podcast because I love Midway and I love the students of Midway and I'm just so happy to be here. Yeah, and like I said, my name is Chuck, right? Um, well, I, I guess similar to, to Krish, I, I've also moved around quite a bit. I uh, used to live in Mexico when I was younger, been to quite a bit uh, of schools. Um, I like computer science, so you, you might have seen a trend here. We all like STEM, um, and like Krish said, uh, we, all, we hope that you can also relate to this. But we also hope that we can have other people on the on the podcast that are outside of STEM. We want to. We our ultimate goal for this podcast is just to connect with the student bodies, to connect with you guys. Um, so so yeah, right. So we're going to move into a tiny section with our special guest, which we did not, you know, tell anyone. It's full secret. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to be going into that section, and after that, we're going to be talking about ourselves. Yeah. So see you in about 10 or 20 minutes. Hey guys, Chris from the editing studio here. Uh, so Mr. Gibson wanted me to let you guys know that he mentioned a name wrong. Instead of saying Dr. Preskill, he said Kip Thorne. Sorry to interrupt you guys here, but just want to let you know so you don't get confused in his amazing story. See ya. <laughs> special guest, Mr. Gibson. Good morning. How are you doing, Mr. Gibson? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys this morning? Doing pretty good. Doing great. Yes, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Excellent. Yeah. So we have you here today, and since our first episode, we're going to be talking to you about your personal life and some engineering questions that to us seem interesting or might be interesting. To other students. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It could be useful to a lot of students. Yeah, sounds good. So first of all, let's start off with yourself. Um, what do you teach and how long have you been teaching? So I've been teaching 23 years total, 13 years at Midway. Uh, the first part of my teaching career, I was actually doing AP US history and AP European history. 
which sounds kind of weird because now I'm doing engineering. Um, when I was at Baylor, for better or worse, my parents said, study what you enjoy. And so what ended up happening is I spent about a year and a half in engineering. I spent four years in geology and about three years in history. So I ended up with a history degree and a minor in geology, and I'm just short a field course of having a major there. So I've got 31 hours in geology, but then also had programming and some intro engineering classes. So I'm a little bit all over the place in some respects. Um, I love teaching the European history and the APUS as well. That was a ton of fun. I've lived in Europe. So um, currently I'm teaching introduction to engineering design, engineering science, um, robotics, and then we just have introduced a civil engineering architecture course this year. What do you say is your favorite? Uh, I really enjoy the engineering science, but the civil engineering and architecture class is becoming one of my favorites. And uh, it's more weighted towards architecture than is civil engineering, but I'll be tweaking the curriculum in the next year or so, so I'm going to try to split it where it's kind of half and half. That's really interesting. Um, so I guess like in the past, in your entirety of teaching, what, what, what has been like your most unforgettable moment? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, when I, so I also have a master's in theology from Fuller Seminary out in California, and so when I lived out there in my third year of studies, I knew that I wasn't going to pursue a PhD in Semitic languages, which is what I'd been studying, and uh, so I figured I need to go get a job, so I found a job at a local uh, school called Arcadia. Uh, the district is Arcadia, and it was Foothills Middle School. Um, so during that time, I actually, we lived in Pasadena, and I was a math tutor down in a little community called San Marino, which I had to ride my bike past Caltech every day. So one day riding home, um, I see this guy kind of bent over in this little wheelchair, and he's got two attendants with him, and I drove past, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's Stephen Hawking. Wow. And, and I think most of you guys know the astrophysicist Stephen Hawking. He's kind of the, was one of the most popular guys wrote a brief history of time so i had seen him and uh that was probably the year before and so i was teaching in this middle school and i'm we were talking about stephen hawking in class one day and one of the students michaela says oh yeah he was at our house a month or so ago and i said what do you mean he's at your house just not really believing she goes yeah my dad teaches at caltech i was like your dad is he uh, kip thorne she was like yeah that's my dad and so Kip Thorne, Michaela's dad, and Stephen Hawking had made a book and a brief history. They had made a bet in the book A Brief History of Time that time travel was possible. And Kip Thorne had said he thought it was actually possible if you had an infinite amount of energy. And Stephen Hawking had said at the time, I believe that it wasn't. So, anyway, this student of mine, Stephen Hawking, came to their house once a year and spent a few days hanging out at Caltech and with the family. So. That was really interesting. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Something I didn't believe at first when she told me. That's crazy. Wait, so you had a student in your class whose father was met Stephen Hawking? Yeah, I know. Worked with Stephen Hawking because he would come in and do research at Caltech every year. So Whoa. yeah, well, we met you. That's pretty cool. Met her just a couple of degrees away. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's, That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Let's get into the next question. So yeah. what major do you consider the most difficult, and what would you say is the most easiest? Yeah, and I assume you guys are referring to engineering here. And this is 
Uh, I mean, there's no simple answer to this. It's completely dependent on the student. Um, you know, a lot of kids would say that mechanical engineering is very difficult, and I've had students that basically have not had to crack a book in there and others who have barely made it through the program. Um, but I think maybe if you were to take a survey, some would say nuclear engineering, uh, chemical engineering, those are extremely difficult because uh, they bring in a lot of chemistry um, as well as engineering and, and very high math. Um, so those would probably be my would probably be the most difficult ones. Would be in your top ten or? Oh yeah, those would be one and two, I would say. Yeah, yeah, those are very difficult. And you see that in the, you know, there's a few number of students, a very, the percentage of students who graduate with those degrees out of engineering are very small, yeah. So why would you uh, encourage a student to take one of those? Um, nuclear engineering is experiencing a little bit of a resurgence and um, many of those engineers that got their degrees in the 70s or 60s and 70s are retiring or have retired and so there's actually a shortage um, of nuclear engineers. Now the majority of nuclear engineers for the most part um, have had some type of training in the Navy who are actually working on real reactors because most of the naval fleet now is nuclear powered. Um, that's cool. So yeah, that's a good way. And A and M's got a program where they'll pay. And I've had several students apply to the program, and they've and have gotten in and then don't make it. They're unable to. So it's it's very difficult. Uh, which brings us to the next one. What is a common myth that you've seen about the job or your field of expertise? Is it a common myth you've heard. Are you referring to teaching? Yes. That's a great question. I don't know if there are, I mean, maybe one of the myths is that we do this just so we can be off in the summer. For example, is it true that you talk about students in the teacher's lounge? Uh, no, not really. We don't even have a student lounge, uh, sadly. I think that's probably, yeah, that's probably a pretty good myth. <laughs> I've tried, I mean, that, that does take place to some extent. It depends on the department, I think. Um, I just started, decided very early on in my career that that wasn't going to be the focus of my spare time was talking or disparaging students. Or um, Now, do we talk about uh, difficult students we're having and ask for ideas for sure um, and also often brag about kids, honestly, uh, that we share and that impress us in various things? Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you like feel bad about giving students tests? No, so the that's a great question. For me, tests are just a means of assessment to see if kids have learned what we've been studying yeah. and if they can think about the material um, in a unique way. And all, my tests are not particularly. I mean, it's it's not like Mr. Evans' AP test uh, where he's <laughs> trying to crush your dreams. Yeah. Uh, no. Mr. Evans is going to listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, on my tests, and some of you guys have been in there, uh, it's going to be pretty objective on what we've covered. Now, the, the, the part that I really enjoy is when we get into control systems and the kids have to make robotic devices. And then there is no set answer, and that's the part that I really love because you have to figure it out on your own. Um, and that's, that's more of a, a real-world um, situation and what you'd be faced with if you're working in an engineering firm. You know, you've got this problem. Can you figure out a creative solution to it? Yeah, since you mentioned about real life applications, yeah. 
Uh, do you think that, which one would you prefer more, physics or engineering? Uh, well, I mean, I, to some extent, engineering is the application of physics kind of to real world problems. Um, I am much more of a practical, if I, you know, probably if I would have been at a school that had a engineering program that was faced more on the technology, and we've talked about this, it's what we call mechanical engineering technology. So it's more of the hands-on, I probably would have stuck with it, but it was kind of the theoretical side of things that uh, I guess I kind of lost interest in, because I've always been much more of a hands-on uh, problem. So. Yeah, that's a good question. So, like, if you, you know, were able to go back to yeah. before you went to college, what right. would you, what would you know, you do now with your knowledge that you have? Uh, I probably would have found a mechanical engineering technology. We just didn't. I didn't have, you know, it's no fault, I guess, of. Yeah, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed history as well. I mean, I think the, I really value a liberal arts education. Like, I think, I think even if you're doing a hard science like you need exposure to the liberal arts um, I feel like to be honest with you that's where some places like A&M actually fall flat is that you can get through nearly an entire engineering degree without ever taking a social science history or literature class and I think we need appreciation of those things um, so possibly I mean I I'm completely happy with the way that my career has ended up um, but I think maybe if I would have had advisement that there are these other paths within engineering, I probably would have stuck with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, to go out of these questions a little bit, yeah. uh, we're gonna be asking a few of your personal questions. Sure. Um, so if you were to consider taking another course, since you mentioned you were gonna take geology, yes. history, yeah. instead of geology, if you were to take archeology span or some type of historic reference major, yeah. where you actually see buildings like in Greece or Right. And you, you were say you were supposed to like you know, for example, I think they were um, given a project to you know have the entire piece of since it was still taking two players. So would you have considered taking a major similar to that with engineering? Um, yeah, I mean those are again anytime there's kind of a practical uh, or world real world application for something like that, I think I would have been interested. Um, I was also fairly practical. I mean, one of the reasons I did not go ahead and finish my geology degree is in the mid-90s when I graduated, there were virtually no jobs for geologists because it's heavily dependent on the oil industry. So a few people were getting, getting jobs coming out, but um, the writing was on the wall. It didn't look good for that, that particular major. And archaeology and some of those things are very similar in that... Um, you're going to be working for an institution of higher ed for the most part. Um, there are a few private companies that might hire an archaeologist, but those are uh, those degrees are limited. You know, you're much better off just getting a mechanical engineering degree, and then you can work into any of those fields. Is the the short answer? Yeah, or a civil engineering degree if you're interested in structures like that. Yeah. Uh, what advice would you give to a student that's looking to go into this, uh, going into college, or what courses would you suggest for a student? Yeah, kind of the obvious things. If you enjoy solving problems, working with your hands, um, engineering could be a, a good option for you now. You know, as I mentioned, if you're going to be in mechanical or, or computer science or uh, chemical, you need to be really 
gifted and willing to to grind out the chemistry, the physics, um, in all of those upper level science classes because they're going to be difficult, and the and the math because even to you know at A and M most most accredited engineering schools now you're going to need three years of calculus and two years of diff eq and so that's kind of that weeds out a lot of kids so if you can take that stuff in high school i mean that's and we see that i'm hearing back from kids now who've come from midway and are at other schools and they're just they're very well prepared compared to their peers um they're just if you've had exposure to those classes it just kind of puts you a step ahead yeah yeah um so how much freedom do you have, like, you teaching, you know, in this in, in, in this department? How much freedom? Like, what, what can you do? Yeah, we have a lot, actually, uh, which is one of the things I really enjoy about this job. We have a set curriculum from Project Lead the Way, but within that curriculum, we've got a, we've got a lot of room. Um, so for many of my projects, especially in the spring, that the kids in engineering science will be taking, I've had to just rewrite those because many of the, the problems at Project Lead the Way suggest you do have already been solved and you can go on YouTube and find. Mm-hmm. So we have a marble sorter that one of the control, well I had to quit doing that several years ago because kids would just look online and find the solution and build it. Um, now you still have to program some of that and that's a little bit harder to find but yeah so that's one of the things I love about this job is I have a lot of freedom in my uh, it's civil engineering architecture class. We've been doing classical architecture Fridays and so we studied Greek and Roman architecture. Uh, today we're going to be carving ionic columns out of clay so that's one of the the beauties of this job that um, honestly if you're in standard math or science course you're not going to have that freedom as a teacher so it's actually well suited for my personality now to get out of you know your job or your class you you're in robotics club right correct yeah that's what would you say something is special or what would you say something is unique about your robotics club that you enjoy doing? Uh, kind of back to what we had talked about earlier and that they give you a set problem at the beginning of the year and then you've got to find a solution to it. Um, I love helping the kids kind of brainstorm on robot design. And uh, I mean, I think they could tell you that that's my giftedness. I can do some of the programming, but the programming doesn't appeal to me. And so you have guys like Noah that are just fantastic and Josh who really dive in and love that part of it. Um, and then the competition side, I love, I was a tennis coach for years and still a, um, a competitive mountain bike racer. So I love the competition part of robotics, getting to see the kids go head to head with other, other teams. So that's a, that's a ton of fun. Yeah, so we started the mountain bike club about five years ago. It, it's good. We haven't had a ton of interest here at the high school. Um, I'm actually the head coach for the Heart of Texas Junior Mountain Bike Team, wow. and so we've got about uh, 30 riders uh, in our area that come from. We've got kids from Midway, China Spring, Robinson Arena, homeschooled. It's just mountain biking. Maybe. It's just mountain biking. Yeah. Don't ever road bike. We do. Well, there's a. A uh, good number of us that train on road bikes kind of all summer and even during the fall and winter some, yeah. So, yeah, we really in love. We, we love mountain biking, but we also enjoy road biking, so it's a good way to train. Yeah. yeah. Since you mentioned that, that's separated, would you prefer the robotics club or the mountain biking club? You know, I enjoy both. They have uh, – that's a, that's a good question. I really enjoy being outdoors, though. <laughs> yeah, because that's one of the – the uh, if I could say there's one thing that I don't uh, don't enjoy about this job is that I walk in here in the morning and I don't see sunlight until the end of the day, 
So now the new building is going to remedy a lot of that. I don't know if you guys have seen. There's windows all over, so it's going to it's going to change. But uh, I really enjoy being outside, so I enjoy both. But uh, if somebody forced me, I would probably I'd probably go outside. <laughs> take your classes outside just for fun uh we do go outside and engineering science will be out in the spring on some recycling projects and then uh, the civil engineering has been out already on some field trips so yeah wow field trips yeah yeah so we'll go to the the engineering science class is going to the power plant down at Riesel. it's a coal burning power plant um and then we usually go to mars chocolate to look at their control systems and how they make candy yeah. Really interesting. Tell me how many years have you been to uh, to Mars? Oh, I've lost count. Um, s- probably six or six or seven years. Yeah. I mean, I could give the tour myself. Uh, they actually gave me a really cool work jacket a couple of years ago and made me an honorary Martian. Is what they call it. Uh, so it's kind of cool. Yeah. Those they're good folks over there. I do not have the recipe to their chocolate bar, but I've had their chocolate, the Snickers without chocolate on it, just the nougat and caramel, and it's fantastic. I've tried doing that. It's never come out well. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we're, we're basically out of questions now, so I guess we're going to go with some common questions that you know we all have about engineering. Sure. First thing is, is it possible to build Optimus Prime? <laughs> one of the things that drives me crazy about those when my son and I watch them is that there's um, they start with a car and then they end up with four times as much material yeah. when they get to the full size robot so my answer would be maybe but it would be much smaller and uh, even our, our big robots that we make now or if you look at what Boston Dynamics is doing they're, those are still controlled by people with a joystick yeah. Uh, they can do some things on their own, but I don't know. Probably not. What about an Iron Man? Uh, no. No. Yeah. So we were just watching Iron Man two the other day with my son, and he crashes into the ground at some ridiculous high speed. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar. With, it's called aortic arch separation, and that's what kills people whenever you have a car crash. So your aortic arch separates from the heart, and you bleed out and so you're why, dead why does it like the impact of your organs uh. yeah so the limitation on something like uh, i mean even in fighter jets or in something like an iron man suit is that you your body cannot withstand those extreme uh, g-forces and so you will have organ separation and damage to internal organs yeah no which is why they're i don't know if you guys i just saw yesterday they're trying to make fighter jets as part of a DARPA program, uh, completely autonomous, and that they can dogfight. So we've had drones that do a lot of the stuff, but now they're trying to come up with AI. So, so it's like a video game. Yeah. All hell, your robot overlords. <laughs> so there was this recent video that popped up. Um, it, it was this drone. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but I'll show you the image here. It's a drone that has that is supposed to carry water and save fires. Oh, interesting. People started putting, you know, like, um, fire liquids inside, like flammable liquids. Oh, sure. So it's a fire delivery device. (laughs) Great. And people have actually managed to, you know, find these things, bring it down, and start putting fire, causing wildfires. Yeah, that's a bad idea. Wow. (laughs) What would you suggest they fix? 
on their end with the company? Um, I mean, that's like many things. I think we've opened Pandora's box. It kind of surprises me that there haven't been more drone attacks with explosives. And you actually, just last week, there was one on a refinery. I think it was in Iraq or uh, one of the Middle Eastern states where they flew a drone into a refinery. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know that there's a anything that can be done. I actually saw a drone nearly the size of this table in Woodway Park the other day, which shocked me. Um, massive, so um, I don't know that there's much they can do once you start building these things. This is a sizable table. Yeah. It is. It was huge. It was massive. So, wait, what, what did that drone do? It was just flying around Woodway Park. This one? Mm-hmm. So nothing? Yeah. Yeah. Monitoring? I don't know. I don't know. It was a little bit disturbing. That was yeah. disturbing, honestly. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much for being on the yeah, podcast yeah. series. Hey, it was a pleasure, guys. First, one, first episode, and you're the first guest. What do you think about it? I appreciate that. I'm really excited you guys are doing this. I think this is something that uh, the student body will really appreciate. and uh, appreciate you guys taking the time to do it, having me as the first host. Welcome back from that interview. That was a really lovely interview. Thank you, Mr. Gibson. Yes, oh, it was. I'm not supposed to say it's Mr. Gibson. Oh, I'm so sorry, guys. So uh, now we're going to move on into a new segment where we talk about entertaining stories from our lives. So we're going to get started with Chuck. And Chuck, yes, sir. it's my understanding that you've really struggled your whole life. You've fought <laughs> a hard battle against the liquid water. Yeah, yeah. I did. Well, see, it all started at a very young age. I was just born <laughs> I'm joking no well okay you see I, I like water I don't know why I like it it's a good drink it's a good it's a good drink I mean I couldn't live without it <laughs> yeah so I guess I'd have to I would have to like I think my my uh, my quote-unquote obsession with water started like two years ago right um I I remember reading somewhere that like if you just if you drink water you're gonna stay more focused, right? Really? Yeah, yeah. I think that was on Reddit. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know if that was true, but totally. Yeah, totally true. De de definitely. So anyway, I remember I was actually in the library, this very library that we're in right now. Which, by the way, we're in the library right now, we're recording. Um, yeah, I was in the library, and I was I was like, I want to drink. I need to stay focused. So you know, I brought. I brought with me like three water bottles. Mm, really? And I drank one. <laughs> and then, and then I, you know, 30 minutes later, I drank another one. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I, I, I was like, I feel so refreshed. And now every day I drink definitely, I drink more than a gallon of water a day. I can vouch for that because he has six yeah. water bottles. Yeah. In yeah. Yeah. I bring, yeah. Like, I, yeah, six water bottles. Yeah. And I do feel bad. I feel like I should be, you know, like bringing bottles that I can clean. Uh, yes. Yeah, because it's like, it's, it's not very, I don't think it's very good for the environment, but, uh, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah, let's talk about, related to your, um, water problem, let's talk about what happens in physics class when... Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, when I drink water, for whatever reason, I have, I have, like, a tendency to... <laughs> anyway, and I got some water right here. Yes, yeah, man, that's moist water. <laughs> some water right here, um... I'm gonna demonstrate to y'all. I'm gonna demonstrate what, what it's like to be me. I'm turning up the gain here, okay, okay. So Max this, this, this out, ready? 
that that yes. is exactly what we hear yeah. in physics. Yeah, yeah. And everyone and, uh, turns around to look at you. Yeah, does turn and look. And I, I, I think it's fun. I think it's a, it's a, it's a good like distractor. Thank you for continuing. Yeah. Chuck, that was, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, but it, I think it adds personality to Chuck. It, as if he had any lack beforehand, yeah. he doesn't. Yeah. But uh, I think it's just a. It goes to show that Chuck is drinking water, and I I'm drinking love water. that he's drinking water. Uh, Do you ever think about you can change your water bottle? Like, instead of water, drink like Gatorade or something? No, no. Well, because I, this is going to sound like kind of, I guess, kind of statistical, but, but part of the reason why we have higher obesity rates in America is because people... I guess consumption of sugar. youth in, in particular they, they consume sugary drinks yeah and so and uh, so they're high in sugars you don't yeah. really want to yeah yeah anyway so just stick with water guys all right uh, so let's move on to the next story Carson you want to tell us about your snow tubing yes yeah, so uh, I had a lovely time several years ago I uh, with my family on vacation in uh, Utah my uncle had recently got a new cabin up there just renting it out uh, to other people while he's not there just to oh he bought it Yes, he bought it him, himself, uh, and he owns it. So that's cool. My family went up there to kind of see what it was all about and go skiing over spring break one year. And after all the skiing was done for the week, we uh, we on our way back we saw, hey, there's a snow tubing place here, where you just go down the hill on like a inner tube, which is a lot more Texan than uh, skiing. I'll say you don't really ski in Texas very often. Yeah, I can tell. And so. <laughs> This snow tubing place, it was so fun. We were just having a ton of fun, and we decided as a family of about 15 people that we were going to go down all at the same time. And so the way we decided to do that was just to grab onto the person behind us, grab their tube, and just go. Now what we didn't think about is uh, bringing in my physics here is momentum. Sorry, we're closing in about six minutes. Six okay. Minutes. All right. I'm sorry. It's no, it's right. fine. No, it's fine. Okay, uh, I can wrap up my story real fast. Yeah. Okay. Are they close now? Uh, no, it's about six minutes. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I forgot about momentum, or I guess I didn't know about it then. This was several years ago, and neither mm -hmm. did my family. So yeah. my dad goes, and he just yanks my mom out of her tube because she's a lot smaller than him. And so she's just going down the hill. And now is this tube on connected on like a big rope? Uh, no, everyone was just holding onto the oh. handles. Of With their hands? That's Yeah. Oh, wow. That would work. We yeah. were just having fun. We weren't really thinking about it. And so anyways, my mom is just going down the hill on her own. And somehow the rest of the group starts going down in their tubes. And so, long story short, uh, my father being in front of my mom was the only person in the family to not run over my mom. I will say my mother is perfectly fine and healthy now. Uh, she walked away with only scratches and she's uh, she laughs about it and she told me to tell this story which we now have a nickname for my mom if you don't know ski terms this might not make sense but we call her mogul now mogul mogul like 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 the little bumps that you ski mogul. Mogul. wow that's actually that's, that's really cool Kind of, kind of scary. It was it. scary in the moment. I'll, I'll yeah. say that. Uh, just being on the what, hill. Was it, a, was it a steep hill? Eight. Really steep. Uh, it was about 
Yeah, it was pretty steep, yeah. I have a question. Yes. This is like kind of a tangent to that, but do you know what that momentum is? Yes, I do know what momentum oh, what is. Oh, what is it? Yes. What momentum is? is mass times velocity. Mass in motion, yes. Mass in, mass in motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of motion, I'm going to motion to my next host to start his story. Exactly. I have a, I don't have any epic stories um, like the both of you, uh, but I do have a story about being lost in Canada. Canada? Yeah, Canada. Wow. Uh, I went to Canada back in 2018, I believe, you know, before COVID. I was like four years ago. Yeah. I yeah. So. That was four years. That's that's so weird. Four years ago. Math mm-hmm. works like that. Yeah, but still, it's like four. So if you're a baby, and you were born in 2018. You're you're four years old. Anyways, that's. I can have a kid. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. I um. So what happened was we were on a Ferris wheel, and um, you know, this Ferris wheel was like something that was on the border of the Niagara Falls and yeah. Buffalo, New York. So we were spending our last, you know, day there, and we were all in a hotel, and we were gonna go out from there. So we thought we'd spend our night at like this downtown area in Canada, uh, next to Niagara Falls. And it was around midnight, I would say, that we went on this Ferris wheel. And my parents were on a separate cart. Uh, my sister was on a separate cart, and. Um, I don't know, my parents and my sister, they were all in, a, in the same car, and so was I. And um, apparently we Ubered there, right? We Ubered there, and she left her phone in the Uber. Silly goose. Um, wait, in the Uber? In the Uber, yeah. <laughs> in the um, Uber? <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know, Canada has Uber. Oh, I, I didn't realize they were that advanced. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Anyway, so... Uh, she left the phone in the Uber, and next thing you know, we had to we had to go in search of this Uber guy that does not know English. He speaks fluent French. Ah, uh, this is the Quebec. Oh, yeah, because yeah. they speak French. Yeah. So he picked up the phone, and he's like, bonjour. And, and you know, you're like, hello, I was in your yeah. Uber just now. My phone is in the back. He was like... Uh, he was like, I don't know English. I don't know what he said on the phone exactly, but he was like, I, I don't know what you're saying. And he's like, my phone in the back seat. And so now we had to, you know, basically, you know, hold up for that Uber to get here. And what happened was I got lost for, I'd say, a span. Wait, were you by yourself? I No, I was, I would say, involuntarily left by myself at a, at a point. Um, so what happened was they were all in the rush to get a phone because the yeah. phone had the credit card info, yeah, all the, yeah. had the tickets, yeah. it had the hotel booking and everything. Um, so now they had to go in search of the phone and they forgot that I was there. I was That's funny. 13 or 12 at that time. So so how did you get out of that? I'll, I'll tell you, Chuck. I'll tell you how I got out of that. So I was basically... Um, I was basically left out at that point, and they all went towards the car. Um, we had to get another Uber because he was on a trip, so we had to meet him at the spot that he was on a trip. Oh, the, the, the driver? Yeah, so uh-huh. we had to get, they had to get another Uber, and I was left at that spot. Yeah. Wow. And so, I mean, they, what did you do? Like, you're, they, so you're just sitting there. I, I was just standing, you're sitting, there. standing, I was standing there. there. I was just like, a f- <laughs> like, ha, oh, this is gonna, this is gonna really. You were bad. like twelve. Oh, yeah, I would say probably 12 or 13. Yeah, I'm 17 Damn. now, so I would say probably 12. I just turned 17, yeah. so. Yeah, they left me there. I eventually did get back in their second Uber. It was just like a 10 minute fright of terror. They had to find me, because I was in the Ferris wheel, got out, 
and I was kind of confused. I would say they all ran. I'm like, yeah. this is the day that they're gonna leave me in Canada, and I'm going to start living in Canada. You know, yeah. I, th I think we've all been there. You know, lost. I was in lost Canada. in Walmart. Yeah, yeah. A Ferris wheel and scared. Yeah, yeah I was lost in Walmart I, sometimes too. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I know I joked earlier that like Canada's primitive, but actually, I like Canada. I like Canada it's, too. It's, it's, it's big. It was a good trip. It was really, yeah. Until the end, which I'm gonna finish up now. So, unfortunately, yeah. I'm up. They could not find me. Ah, yeah. So then, uh, after they found me, you know, long story short, they did find me eventually, except I was in near this booth with a lovely man who took, um, you know, care of me until they came back, because he knew I was... Oh, someone was taking care of you? Yeah, it was this... Um, At the place? Yeah, the Ferris wheel counter, when you walk in, the guy scans ticket, and he oh, was wow. alone wandering, and he was like, sure, you know, he, he just had me stay next to him, and um, basically, he just put me... At like you know, at the side, he's like every parent that walked in. I was like, "Is this your child? Is this your child? Is this your child?" And then my sister. And what were you doing? You didn't say I anything. Just, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know French. I didn't like. I didn't know how to. Oh, did, did did you not speak English? Anyway, yeah. It, it, you should have called nine one one. I you can't in Canada. So. <laughs> You're saying, I didn't know. Oh, does it not exist? I didn't, I didn't have a phone. Anyway, so <laughs> long story short, my sister came back. She found me at that spot, and. For sure, we um. We basically found the Uber, uh, got back in the car, and um, he basically, you know, we got the phone back, and then we went about our day, and, you know, it looks like we're nearing the end of this podcast, guys, um, so I just wanted to say a huge thank you for everyone uh, tuning in to the first episode, uh, you know, uh, we appreciate it. We're going to be uploading regularly every Friday on google podcasts and um and probably spotify so don't forget to listen to this podcast where whenever you have time uh, we will be uploading on friday we'll try to maintain that and thank you to everyone who tuned in this is mp3 podcast midway public panther podcast see you guys